Welcome to the Grow Wealth Experience, where top business leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world help empower you to build your best financial life. Now here's your host, Aisha Turgut. Welcome back to the next episode of the Grow Well podcast. Today, we have Eric Counts, credit expert, back on our show. And today, he's going to talk about personal credit and how you can wisely use yours to your advantage. Now, we had Eric on a few episodes ago to discuss business credit and I have to admit, he's backed by popular demand. Of all my shows that I've had, he's got the most downloads for his wealth of knowledge on awesome. credit. <laughs> no pressure for today, huh? Exactly. So if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, I encourage you to go back to that show and listen to it. It's dated October 17th. And it's important because we all know that your personal credit is very much tied into your business credit. So these shows, both of them will work beautifully in synergy together for you. Now, as a reminder, let's talk about Eric's background really quickly before we bring him on. Eric is the president and CEO of Credit Nerds. He's an author, business trainer, and a nationally featured speaker. His extensive knowledge of credit and credit repair have gained him audiences with the likes of Wells Fargo, Regions Bank, and Century 21 branches across the country. In addition, he served as an expert witness to lawmakers in matters of credit and debt collection. He applies that information to help individuals qualify for larger loans and get better terms so you can build your business and real estate investment portfolio. And Eric, again, is joining us here today to shed light on how you can use your personal credit to work for you and not against you so you can amp up that financial potential. So let's dive in. Hi again, Eric. Thanks for having me back. It's so great to be back with you. Absolutely. Like you said, no pressure today. We got to get more downloads on the show. No. Tell your friends, download, send this link, share it. Everybody needs today. You know, entrepreneurs and business owners needing business credit is so important, but everybody needs good personal credit. Absolutely. So let's do what I love to do. And that is starting with fundamentals and credit reports and credit scores are like the the gist of personal credit. Mm -hmm. um, can you start talking about the credit report? How is it created? And how is your personal daily financial life? What about it goes on to report? You know, we are in a big shift of times right now where the question that you asked me for the first time in, in many years is starting to change. Um, it was in the past that loans, lines of credit, credit cards, collections, public records made it onto your credit report. And that's really what factored into the score. And that's what factored into your approval likelihoods. We're starting to see uh, even more lenders utilizing some financial tech companies like uh, there's one called Plaid, which is basically if you're applying for a loan, they you 
put in some information. It's pretty safe. I'm actually a fan of the process. So it, it might sound like I'm speaking down to it, but I'm actually a fan of the process. Okay. You put in some banking information. It's very safe. It's secure. And they provide a read only access to people's bank account, which it's really helping a lot of under credit uh, utilized consumers get access to money when their credit report on its own isn't enough. So uh, that's a, a new thing that's starting to shift. That's changing the the you know the uh, environment of of loan approvals. So lenders through this AI technology or whatever is driving it is it AI? I would it, assume it's, it's got some AI built into it. Yeah, through the um, through the approval process. But so they have access to your banking account. Did I understand that correctly? In in a sense, yes. Uh, I do want to be super clear on the concept of read only. So okay. they can't take any actions. Uh, they can't, you know, like transfer monies and do anything like that. All they can do is these fintech services are allowing them to take a view into a person's bank account. And let me tell you who this is. It's great for some people. It's you know not as much of a deal for other people. But there were people who. Uh, through 2008-9 possibly, took some hits. They, they swore off credit for a while. They said, I'm not going to do it. And they make good money. They've got good revenue to, you know, the, uh, good income. They're doing okay, but they've never rebuilt that credit profile. Correct. And when they are working with these new companies or these, in pre excuse me, previous companies, they would apply for something and the company would say, ah, you don't have the credit, so decline. Correct. Now we're seeing some companies that are stepping in and going, hey, you don't really have the credit, but do you mind if we take a peek at your bank account? And it's all, you know, with permission, you'd have to give permission and, and authorize that. But they look in and they look for things like regular deposits. They look at like average daily balance. Um, you know, do you, uh, do you pay your bills every month out of there? And they see those sorts of things and, um, it's a it's something that's becoming more and more popular. Now, what is driving the change? Is it a law that was passed or is it the technology or is it the fact that there's this demand? Are you open to an opinion? Yes. Okay. In my opinion, it's market and demand and uh, what I believe to be the manipulation ability of credit reports through things like credit repair through things like, you know, these people that sell trade lines and they sell all these ways. Credit reports used to be much more difficult to uh, manipulate than they had become. Uh, credit repair companies, which, and you know, who look who's talking. I own one, creditnerds.com. That's my credit repair company. Correct. Um, but we were able to, uh, to do some manipulation of credit reports through, you know, removing certain things, adding certain things. And Finance, you know, lenders caught, catch on to stuff and they're, they're starting to lean over and go, well, it's a lot harder to manipulate the average daily balance in your bank account. It's a lot harder to manipulate whether your cell phone bill comes out every month of your bank account. It's, it's very difficult to manipulate your bank account uh, as it is to manipulate your credit report and credit score. So we're starting to see a shift. Now, this isn't huge. It's not really big right now. But uh, my my belief and my my prediction is that over the next you know two to three years we're going to start seeing it a lot more. Right now, my big push is for everybody still focusing on your personal credit. 
the 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 first question you asked just sparked this because that has changed so recently. So I wanted to make sure that people are aware of it. But do keep in mind that's a small percentage of lenders. Most lenders are still focused very heavily on your personal credit report. I wanted to clarify sense. this peek into your finances. This is for personal credit or business credit, or it's both happening. Yeah, both. Yeah, okay. both. Yep. So I found uh, a company that was doing this, and I was found it very interesting. And so I went through the company myself. I applied with this company. They didn't ask me to pull my credit report. They didn't ask me for anything like that. All they asked me for was to connect this this service to my bank account. This was a while back, but uh, and I found it very interesting. I said, I'm curious about how that works. Okay, I, I did it. And they approved my uh, line of credit without a single credit report, without pulling any personal credit. And they based it solely off of, and I'm very, you know, I am financially blessed. So I, I want to throw that out there. I've got, you know, good bank accounts, good, good income, all of those things. So my bank accounts, if somebody see it, they're like, okay, yeah, that's somebody we want to work with. And they approved it based solely off of that information. And that's something newer that we're seeing in the lending market is, uh, you know, alternative methods of approvals. I like that because it includes people mm -hmm. that are worthy of credit, but because they messed up, whether it's a divorce or a financial crisis, yep. they messed up their credit report. They now have eligibility to do business. Yeah. So something that's really uh, the changes that have been happening in personal credit over the last year have been very consumer focused and consumer friendly. Um, uh, Fannie and Freddie announced that they were opening up to new score models. The score that's used for a mortgage right now uh, is nearly 30 years old. Uh, the models are, you know, came out a long time ago, 25, 30 years ago. And that same score was still being used and it's just outdated. We've got better technology, better predictive models now uh, that include more American consumers. And Fannie and Freddie finally opened up and said, all right, we're going to start accepting some of these newer credit scoring models. And um, I mean, you're talking tens of millions of, of American consumers that would qualify for a mortgage that previously would not have. Now, when you say credit scoring models, do you mean FICO? So there are uh, like 60 different versions of your FICO credit score. Uh, and that's, and then you can factor in your Vantage 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. You've got your Beacon score and your Equifax. Uh, you've got your Equidata score. You've got your True Credit score and your Credit Plus score and your National Equivalency score and your Credit Optics score and your Empirica score. And, the credit scores guys are all air they're fake they they everybody just makes a model and then i get asked a lot eric which score is my real score then what's my real credit score that was my next question yeah you don't have one um the score that is used at that bank or at that lender if this lender on on the side of the street pulls your your fico 8 consumer credit weighted transunion score, that's the score that they're going to use to make their decision. And that makes it pretty real, doesn't it? Because that's the one they're going to use. But if you go across the street to another bank and that bank pulls your FICO 9 score or FICO 10, and they pull the Equifax version of your score, and maybe it's for an auto weighted loan. So you're trying to buy a car. 
that score is going to be completely different, but that's the score that that bank is going to use. So that makes it real. So all of your scores are real, but also there's not one score that everybody uses. Banks use all different models. Of all these different infinite models, it sounds infinite. They, your list went on and on. How do we keep all of them high? How do we keep them high? And then the question I wanted to ask is, what's the range that varies between one company to the other? Is it 25 points or is it like a significant range? So um, the problem with these questions is, uh, and, and a lot of experts are going to tell you these numbers and they are flat making them up. So what it is, is that they have different models. And what I have found to be the best analogy is if I took 10 people and stood them in a line and I brought out somebody and said, is this person attractive? Would, what would you, and I don't mean to debase, but you know, what would you rank this person in attractiveness? That number is not going to be the same for everybody. And there's no reasoning behind it. Like there's no way to, for somebody to go, well, because they were X, because they were a blonde haired person or because they have green eyes, I ranked them. That's, there's just so many incredibly number of variables that you would see some person go and get two different scores and then be exactly the same. And then another person go and get those two models pulled and be completely different. And the idea that I really try to get across to my students and my, uh, my customers is get off the credit score train. Credit scores don't get you approved anyway. Credit scores get you declined. Credit scores are what gets you declined for loan. The content of the report is what's important because you're never going to know which score, which lender is going to pull anyway. Correct. So we don't have to worry about keeping the score high, but more focused on being conscientious of what's on our credit report. So here's a really solid analogy. Imagine, if you will, that I get on a bathroom scale and I see whatever number. Let's say that number's 185. Um, some people might look down at a 185 and go, oh, I need to lose weight. Other people might look down at a 185 and go, ah, man, I, I got to I gotta bulk up a little bit. So what we're trying to do is have the overall healthiest body, let's say, the overall healthiest weight. For some people, that's a little higher. For some, that's lower. But I can assure you that there are people that come in with a 720 that immediately get declined, and somebody else comes in with a 680 and gets approved. So credit scores, um, there's lots of banks that have a minimum credit score on their model. So they're like, hey, if you're not over this amount, we're not even going to look at you. Correct. But once you go over that minimum score, that does not mean you're approved. That just means that they're willing to take a look at you. So you can have a 780 score, but if your debt to income ratio is maxed out, you're not going to get approved. Or if you have no job, you're not. There's lots of other factors. So that's why I say credit scores get you declined, not approved. What gets you approved is the content of the report and the likelihood of approval based upon your, your financials. So all the score models, all of them, pay your bills on time, keep your accounts open as long as you can. 
You want to have good utilization on your credit cards and your lines of credit. Uh, like if I have a personal line of credit, $10,000, I don't want to have that thing maxed out to nine grand, 9,500. That's going to cause me some significant approval issues with one exception. HELOCs, home equity lines of credit, are mm -hmm. not factored on your utilization ratios in your credit report. Okay. So if you need to utilize a line of credit, if you have a HELOC, that's the one. That's the best one to use. Uh, but other than that, it's pay your bills on time, keep your utilization low, keep your accounts open as long as you can. Uh, you want to have a good, healthy mix of credit and then only apply for stuff when, you, when it's necessary. And all of those factors create better overall scores, no matter what model it is. Okay. And the scores, the three major companies, Transperian, uh, what are they? Remind Transperian, me. Transperian, TransUnion, and Equifax. And Equifax, exactly. Is there a difference between them in terms of what need, what they look at? There's So the credit bureaus, I think a great place to start with is your credit report is not your credit score. Um, and your credit score isn't necessarily the likelihood of whether you're going to get approved. So uh, your FICO score is not generated by Equifax, Experian, or TransUnion. It's generated by the Fair Isaac company, which is FICO. They created the scoring model. So what they do is they'll use a third-party data aggregator that pulls that data together, and then they run that through a scoring algorithm. So the, the credit report is like a test, and the score is the grade on the test. And then there's one more factor, and that's likelihood of approval. And the idea there is certain lenders, uh, I'll give you an example, like uh, if I applied for an Amex Platinum, uh, which is a, a higher tier card to get, you got to have some, you got a pretty good credit to get that. That is what we call a long-term low revenue lender. People don't pay a lot of fees on those. Uh, they don't carry balances a lot. They don't pay late fees a lot because those people are very, very high credit type of people to get approved versus a short-term low revenue lender being someone like a, a first premier type of card or you know a Blaze MasterCard where they're going to approve almost anybody, but it's going to have very high fees, huge late fees. And the reason Correct. that it's short-term is you're either going to do right with it and build your credit and then switch, or you're going to do wrong and they're going to cancel it. So either way, it tends to be short term. So you just, while you were talking, you made me think of uh, one of your quotes that you mentioned on the other podcast, use credit as a tool, not a trophy. Not a trophy. That's can right. You, can you expand on that? I most certainly will. So what I see a lot is people that want to dive into their credit and get so meticulous and they want the 800 score and they want the perfect credit and they think that's the goal, but it's really not. What you want is you want the perks that come along with good credit and from using good credit. If I have an 800 credit score and I set that up on a mantle and I'm just like, oh, there's my there's my 800 credit score. Look at it. Isn't it pretty? Well, that does me no good financially. That's like taking, you know, two or $300,000 and putting it in a savings account and just looking at it. 
Isn't that nice? Isn't that pretty in there? Well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty, but you could be investing. You could be doing real estate deals. You could be starting a business. You could be putting that at least into an interest-bearing account of some kind. You know, put that into an IUL. Do something with that money. That's the way I feel. So when somebody's like, oh, Eric, I've got an 830 credit score. I'm like, "Hmm, that's kind of sad. You could be doing some really cool stuff. But the idea of credit is, when I say it's a tool, not a trophy, if I have a hammer and it has not a ding on it, not a scratch on it, never been nicked, that means I've never used my hammer. And a hammer is made to be used. So if your tools are perfectly shiny and clean, it means you're probably not using them. So if I'm using my tools, I'm going to maybe have some inquiries here and there. I might have some utilization that fluctuates here and there. My age of credit might be a little worse than it could be because I'm opening opening and closing some accounts here and there. Uh, I'm not talking about like not paying foreclosures, charge-offs, none of that stuff. But as far as using your credit, I walk around, uh, and I don't mind to say this, but my walking around credit score is normally around 670 to 680. Uh, And everybody goes, oh, Eric, you must have a phenomenal credit score because of what I do. And I'll go, well, when I need one, I do. When I need a good credit score, I do. What do you mean by walk around credit? So if I just randomly walked, oh, it's a, it's a reference from fighting. Uh, when a boxer fights in their ring, they're one weight, but they walk around at another weight. Understood. So when I'm about to fight, when I'm going to go apply, I've got a great credit score. But when I'm not going to be applying, I use my credit. I use lines of credit and I use um, the financial tools at my disposal. But when I'm using those, my credit's going to be lower. So an example would be if I have 100,000 in my bank account and I've got a 750 credit score. Well, if I use this money over here to do a real estate transaction, is my, does my score, does that $100,000 balance, does it stay high like that? Nope, it drops. I spent that money on a real estate transaction. Correct. But when I get paid on that transaction and I put it back, what happens? goes back up. Well, with my credit score, if I'm utilizing lines of credit to, to, you know, support a business or personal or family or whatever it may be, while I'm using that credit, I'm going to see my credit score drop. And everybody's so scared of that drop that they won't use their tool. But if you use the tool and then pay back the tool, it goes back up. So you can't be scared to use your tool because you're going to see a drop in score. I I just, you know, I try to make everybody feel a little bit better. Like you don't have to always have a 750 or 780 credit score. It's just when you know you're going to make a large purchase, be prepared and start early and go in a couple of months before you need it and go, okay, I'm going to make a large purchase. Let me make sure to get these balances down. Let me make sure that I'm not going to apply for anything for the next couple of months. Let me make sure that I prep my profile so that I can quote unquote make weight when it comes time for the, for the fight. When it comes time for the application, I want to be in the best possible place. So, but if you always stay in the best possible place, you'll never use your tool and you never really benefit from having really good credit. So using your, that tool actually helps increase your credit score. Over time, it does, yeah. 
so if somebody spends a long time, really long time, the old fashioned way of just paying their bills on time every month for years and years and years, then, and they build that profile up, they get so scared to use it and they'll go, oh, I ain't going to buy a new car. That's going to lower my credit score. And they'll say, well, I'm not going to, you know, uh, use my line of credit to start that new business. That's going to lower my credit score. I'm not going to use that line of credit to buy that tax lien. That's going to lower my credit score. And to be fair, they're correct. But they're also missing all of the financial opportunity that that income could have brought them of course. to then bring that score back up. So if you're going to use it, use it. Now, is this a misnomer when companies pull your credit and check your score? You often hear, that's going to mess up my credit by checking it. Don't check my credit. You, people say that. Is that a misnomer? It is not a, a misnomer with some clarity. You checking your own credit, like going online, um, uh, in full disclosure, this is uh, my company, but uh, we use a company called watchmyscore.com. And that is me checking my own credit. That does not affect anything. There are other companies that do soft pull inquiries. Like if you go and apply for a personal loan online, a lot of them will do the initial check and they do what's called a soft pull. That does not affect your credit at all either. But when you apply outright for a credit card or get your credit pulled for other, you know, other purposes, that's normally going to create a hard inquiry. And those will affect your credit, but there's not a set number of amounts. It's not like, oh, each time you pull your credit, it's this many points. What it does do uh, is have some shopping windows. So the score models allow, depending on upon score model, it's 15 to 45 days, but I want everybody to always think 15 days. So for 15 days, if I go apply for a car, I can apply as many times as I want within that 15 days, and it only counts as one. So I hear sometimes people will go, Eric, I went to the car lot, they ran my credit 17 times. You know what that does? And I'm like, well, I do. Correct, that's what I'm referring to. You don't. <laughs> so um, autos have a shopping window. Mortgages have a shopping window. Student loans have a shopping window. Of 15 days or? It's it always a minimum of 15 days, but some score models allow that up to 45 days, but all score models allow at least 15 days. So the reason I kind of want to say 15 is because you never know what score model the lender you're at is using. So all of them allow at least 15 days. So you've got two weeks to shop around for a mortgage rate or for an auto without, um, without it hurting your credit more than if you only applied once. As far as what damage it's going to do, I don't know the, the listeners here, so, but it's kind of like taking shots. If you went out to a club or out with friends and you had one drink all night long, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal, right? For, for depending upon people's, uh, uh, you know, alcohol tolerance, but it's probably not going to be that big of a deal. And I would ask, well, what if you had 10 drinks? And everybody goes, oh, I'd be, I would be completely, you know, hammered, let's say. But that's only because you had those amount of drinks in a short amount of time. If I had one drink per week for 10 weeks, 
it wouldn't affect me the same as if I had 10 drinks in one night. Inquiries are the same way. The more inquiries that you cram into a short amount of time, the more each of those inquiries damages your profile. So if you're going to apply and you go and you apply for six or seven or eight different credit cards in the same day, those inquiries are going to be much more damaging than if you applied over time for the same number. I hope that makes sense. That does make sense. Makes a lot of sense. And I think my audience understood that. That was explained. Good. With clarity. We're about the, at the end of our time together. Do you have any final notes uh, that you want to add and say to our listeners? I, I would. That My final notes are stop staring at your credit score. It's, the one you're looking at is, is made up. All of these scores that people get everywhere, they're all made up. Start focusing instead on the content on the report, making sure that you look at yourself as as the history of your file. Having a mortgage is a great thing for your personal credit report. Having an auto is a great thing for your personal credit report. Having a couple of credit cards is a great thing for your personal credit report. And then keeping those things open and paid on time as long as possible. Don't close old credit cards. Very damaging. If you close those old credit cards, keep those open, uh, pay your car exactly as agreed. Now, the other side of that is say, well, Eric, yeah, but if I pay it off early, I save money. Well, that's a financial choice and that's true. But if you want the best overall credit, you pay exactly as you agreed because it creates predictability and credit is about whether they can predict your future. The more predictable you are, the better. Fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much, Eric. It's really great to see you. I appreciate it. Uh, This is, I appreciate you letting me kind of call in from home today. So normally I'm at the office, but I'm at my home office today, but thank you for being here. And if I can ever help again, just let me know. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Bye. Bye everyone. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. And don't forget, like and subscribe to the channel.